Brother Adam, you get to follow that. <laughs> Come on, brother, and preach for us tonight. You know, everybody always wants that kind of stuff for their family. That takes effort right there. That's time and work. Am I right? <laughs> that kind of stuff doesn't come easy, so thank you for that time and work. I appreciate families bringing their kids up for that kind of stuff. I love, I love that this church does that with the kids because they, a lot of time the kids are uh, don't be seen, don't spoken, less spoken to type thing. Keep yourself hidden and quiet, but we need them to grow up and be that next generation, so thank you for that. Um, church, thank you once again, as I always say when I get up here, thank you very much. You guys uh, have been a blessing to us over the last year, honestly. Uh, the Lord has used you all in a very great way, and I know I say that every time, but I really mean it, and just <clears throat> each and individual way, there's so many people here that have really... Uh, the Lord has used in our prayers, and so it's an honor to be able to fill in for pastor. Uh, I am called to preach, so I love preaching, <laughs> and I'm like, "Woo, let's go, <laughs> and uh, so I don't mind getting up here and preaching, and uh, I'm already prepared usually. It's funny because I get to a point where it's like, Lord, it's been a while, and then something always happens, and, well, sorry, preacher. <laughs> it's my fault. <laughs> I was praying for an opportunity. <laughs> I'll stop praying that way, I guess. <laughs> no, but we're praying for you to get better and uh, praying that it's nothing serious. And honestly, there's another reason for us that it's been a blessing to be here for a year. As much as we have wanted to go back, and we know we're going back, we... I mean, our hearts are settled. The Lord has showed us. It's just a matter of his timing, his will. He'll get us back there whenever it's his time. He's, uh, this last trip I went down back in uh, the beginning of November, back at the beginning of this month, it was, it was really good. Uh, celebrated four years of the church and uh, just seeing the growth. And what the Lord has done without us there, one, it humbles us because <laughs> the Lord is doing so much without us. Um, but two, it really gave us a, a better vision of things that he's doing right. without us being. Yeah. One, some of the reasons why we're not there uh, for just things that are going on down there. And so it's really um, awesome to see. Yeah. Anyways, uh, but being here for a year, we've been able to see you guys in this church. And we're outsiders. Uh, I say that in, you know, in a good way um, because we love you guys. But. You know, we we have, we started praying for you guys as soon as we got here. Something that I kind of just sensed, felt, was just, um, it was like there's a spirit of God was really wanting to do something, and then there's kind of the spirit of, uh, and so we are really praying, and honestly, I think it's the prayers of your, your pastor, <laughs> prayers of his family, prayers of many people in here. Uh, the Lord has really done something over the last year with the spirit of this church. I, I've seen it. I have. My family has seen it. And uh, it's really exciting for us to see a church just it's being swept up and 
The Lord is going to do something. Honestly, I really believe it is. He is. And so I'm looking forward to seeing what he does with you guys here in the near future. It's already starting to kick up. Uh, it's exciting things. And uh, just keep, keep praying, preacher. <laughs> Lord's working. Uh, so I've been praying already for weeks now. Just, uh, Lord, next time I preach, what would you have me to preach? And this is something that he laid on my heart. I think it's just something for you to grab a hold of as the Lord is getting you going. Um, look here in Hebrews chapter 11 and grab another place in Colossians 3. We're going to grab two places just to kind of get us started and going. Be Hebrews chapter 11 and Colossians 3. Grab those two places and um, what I see the Lord doing with a lot of people with the spirit of this church is grabbing a hold of it and giving it a desire. You are the church, by the way. You are the body of Christ, that spiritual body that God places every person in that body, how he desires to place them, and uh, he's given a desire to do something more for God. Yes. Let's find out. I think that theme really has kind of rolled out this year, and um, so that's kind of the spirit that I feel like is going on in the church of, hey, let's do something, yes. <laughs> and uh, it's exciting, but as you start getting up and doing something for the Lord, there's some things that are going to happen. And uh, that's kind of where I'm going to bring you with this tonight. But let's read this passage here in Hebrews 11, then we'll pray. Starting here in verse 13, this is talking about Old Testament saints here. It says, these all died in faith, not having received the promises. They got the promises, but they didn't get, get the promises physically or spiritually right then and there in their lives. But look what, look what it says here, but having seen them afar off. I mean, that's having that long look. Right, right. And, you know, just like us, guys, we have received some promises. Amen. Amen. They are coming. Yes, right. There's no doubt. The word of God is true. It's faithful. And, they, and having seen these promises afar off and were persuaded of them, it says, and embrace them. They grabbed a hold of these promises of God in their life and embraced them. That became their life. And we know that because it says, and confess that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they, now this will include you guys, if you're of this spirit. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a country that is in heavenly, a better country. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. Now let's just go ahead and pray. Father, we just come to you in Jesus Christ's name. I thank you so much for everything that's going on already tonight. And I appreciate your word. I love it, Lord. Uh, and all the ways that it just effectually works in us and works in a church. And I pray that you continue to do that here. And you'd bring this church to the heights that you desire to bring it to with just doing your will, Father. That's the thing. It's not about building a kingdom. It's not about having a name and all that. It's just about serving you, Father, and doing what you desire. And that's what I love. And I pray that you'd be able to accomplish that. 
And I pray that you bless this time and you would work and, and just move along in hearts and help us as individuals and as a church. In Jesus Christ's name we ask, amen. And so these people here, they just, they grabbed the hold of the promises of God that he had given them, embraced them, and that became their life. And what they did is they forsook this world. They said, this, this place, we are just here. This is a temporary deal. Am I, am I right? And, and honestly, this is a place right here that every single individual in this room, this is a Sunday night crowd. I mean, we're here, right? I know, I know the, the disease that swept across America and the church just kind of cuts in half for the night services. I don't understand it. I do. I, I do understand it. But you guys are here. You love the Lord, and I get it. But maybe you're not all the way there. It's, it's coming to the point of just... This, this is not my home. This world is not my home. I, I love the Lord. I, I want to please God. I want to do what he has for me. And, uh, you know, we have to live in this world. So, yes, we work. We have families, and that's great. Those, those are treasures, amen. But, but, you know, the things of this world, that's not what my life is about. My life is about him. Amen. And you, you got to come to that point. And, you know, some people, they say, well, you know, this is kind of written to the Hebrews. You know, this is Old Testament saints. Well, let's look at that other passage that I gave you in Colossians 3. Amen. And uh, this is not a suggestion. This is a command from the Lord. Yes. If, ye then be, uh, if ye then be risen with Christ, which you are, yes. Ephesians chapter 2, you are spiritually risen with Christ in heavenly places. Yes. Uh, seek those things which are above, which Christ sitteth on, uh, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above. <laughs> Amen. Not on things on the earth. That, you know what that is? If you want to call it this, it's grabbing a hold of a, a celestial vision, a heavenly vision. It, it, it's truly setting your heart, your life, your family on the things of above. We are going to serve the Lord. That's what we're going to do with our lives on this earth. We are going to do as much as possible, as much as the Lord allows, as much as God wants to do with us, we're going to do that. And I can tell you there's a lot of blessings that comes with it. Oh, there's a lot of blessings that come with serving the Lord. You will see it. And a lot of Christians, they struggle with, you know, the life of faith because they don't see God in their life, but they're really not living for God. <laughs> and, and, and that's why there's that struggle there. But when you truly give it up and, and grab a hold of that heavenly vision for God, um, you, you start seeing more and more of God in your life. And so you... Uh, so, oh, uh, that's where I was going to go with this. What this is called, honestly, if you want to, you know, break it down to make it just real simple for you, what this is called is fighting the good fight of faith. Yes, sir. That, that's what it is. If you don't understand it, maybe it's not making sense, this heavenly vision, it's living the life of faith. It is living the word of yes, God. Yes, that, that's what it is. It is a fight. And I've said it many times, I think I've said it from this pulpit, being a Christian, I mean a true Christian, 
That is the hardest thing you are going to do in this life. I, I don't care what physical or emotional or anything that you stack up against somebody or up against me. Living this life right here is the hardest thing you will do in your life. It is the That's why it's called the fight of faith. <laughs> and it's a good fight. And it is a fight that we ought to be in. And the reason it's so hard is because it's a spiritual fight. There is so much spiritual wickedness all around this world, all over the place. And they control the media. They control the government. They control everything. <laughs> and they're against you. And that devil is seeking whom he may devour. He just he wants to destroy you, especially if you're trying to do something for God. And he doesn't care what it costs. He doesn't care what happens to you. He wants to knock you out of the race. He wants to knock you out of the fight. And so to stick in that fight, it's a little rough. It gets a little hard. Amen. Now, I don't want to discourage you from the fight because, man, it's it. it there's a victory that comes. And I'm not talking about a victory in the end because that comes and we all know it. But I'm, there's victories along the fight. As you, as you keep fighting and you keep going for the Lord, you'll see these victories. Amen. And uh, so it's a glorious thing. That's where you start seeing God in your life. And so come over to 1 Peter chapter 4. This, this, that was all introduction. Oh, yeah, that was all introduction. I hope you got your Bibles here tonight. I do a little bit of Bible gymnastics, they call it. I like, I like to jump around and twirl through the path. Hey, man, that's how you, you put it all together. I love it. I love the Word of God. So here in 1 Peter chapter 4, this is really where I'm going with this. Because listen, while you're in this fight, you're going you're gonna to have some moments. <laughs> a lot of you already know where I'm going with this. You're, you're going to have some hard times. Yes, I mean, you don't go through 12 rounds of boxing without having some hard, rough times. Amen. Right. Have we ever seen a boxing match? I've never actually watched 12 rounds of boxing myself. <laughs> I really don't care for it myself. But I know it's not, there's not, it's not all cupcakes and roses. Amen. Right, right. <laughs> there's some hard times. And uh, I preached a message kind of like this for some teens, and it, it what it was all about is getting all in mentally. Yes, sir. Uh, really, what you need to do is you need to mentally prepare yourself right. for this fight. That's right. there, there, let me just give you this real quick. There's four ways that you need to prepare, be prepared for this fight. And, and like our family, when we pray for people, we pray for them in these four ways. We pray for them spiritually. Yeah, that, that's the rough part. Spiritually. We pray for them physically. Yes. We pray for them emotionally. And we pray for mentally. That's good. It all it all plays into it. Yeah. And, and if you're gonna fight this good fight of faith, you gotta get mentally prepared. Amen. And I got some examples for you and some things to help you out with that. But it says here in First Peter four one, for as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, yes. arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin. And so as much as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. Why? Well, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, the Bible tells us that all, uh, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall 
suffer persecution. You, you will. You're not going to live godly without getting some persecution in your life. And sometimes it does come spiritually and then physically and emotionally and mentally, but you've got to be mentally prepared for this stuff just like Jesus Christ. Yes, uh, look with me in Philippians chapter 1 here, and then we're going to go look at some other things here, but I just want to further my point here in Philippians chapter 1. A lot of this is where Christians struggle. I'm telling you, this, this is right here where Christians kind of, they, they, they draw a line, they mark that line in their life as they're walking the walk of faith, you know, trying to be a Christian. And they say, well, this, I, don't, I don't agree with that, having problems in my life because I live for God. I mean, that's why I'm a Christian, I, so God can take care of me. <laughs> Come on. That, that God can bless me. <laughs> We're going to see a little bit more about that, but it, it, it's not always like that. It says here in Philippians 1 and verse 29, it says, For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake, right. having the same conflict which he saw in me and now here to be in me. Right. I mean, we are called unto suffering. We will suffer. Now, it won't be all the time, guys. So don't, di don't get discouraged and be like, ugh. This Christian life, I don't know about that. I'm just saying, you're, it's going to come. Right. It's going to come. And you need to be mentally prepared. Yes. Now think about this. Why did God come into the world? Why, why did Jesus Christ come into the world? <laughs> well, look with me in 1 Timothy chapter 1. You've got you to gotta liken yourself to this here in 1 Timothy chapter 1. Praise the Lord for it. In verse 15, this is a faithful saying. Yeah, are you already there? You got that? First Timothy 1.15. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Of whom I am chief. God came into this world to save sinners. That was his whole purpose of leaving his perfect, righteous, sinless, holy throne. I mean, he had it perfect. And he left it. And it says that he descended, uh, uh, you know, below the angels to become a man. Yeah, we're, we're down here. We're just above the animals. To become a man. To suffer for our creation, or for his creation, for us. I mean, have you ever... Have you ever just sat back, put, put everything away, shut the TV off, shut your phone off, get away from your family? Have you ever just meditated on that? Good. Come on. What Christ Jesus, what, what Jesus Christ did, cool. what, what he left right, sir. and came and what he accomplished on this world right. for you? Now, because of the day and age we live in, I, I'm just going to throw out a guess, but I'm, I'm guessing I'm right. I bet you about 50% of us in the, this room have not meditated on that. If you have not meditated on that, you need to sit back and you need to take some time. Yes, sir. And you need to really think about what he actually did. 
Ooh, that's dangerous grounds right there. <laughs> that's dangerous grounds for a Christian right there because that's going to bring you to some places. That's going to bring you to some scary places of some conviction and some, right. some excitement, some, a lot of things that are going to stir you up. But this is something that needs to be done in our life. We need to really grasp and hold on to that concept, that, the truth of what Jesus Christ did for us. Amen. Amen. I want to show you some of those things. Let's go back to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 50, we'll start in here, and we're just going to see just, just a few of these things. There's so many things you can see throughout the scripture, and you say, well, why Isaiah? Well, Isaiah right here through 48, 49, 50, 51, 52, 53, you get into these chapters, it's all about Jesus Christ. It really is. That's why that, uh, that uh, Ethiopian guy, eunuch, uh, you know, he was in this, well, he was in chapter 53, and he said, who is this speaking of? <laughs> and Philip answered his question there and started preaching of Christ. But now just watch some of this stuff as we go through this. Chapter 50 and verse 6, it says, I gave my back to the smiters. Jesus Christ willingly gave his back for them to take that cat of nine and just rip open his flesh. I mean, you need to look into some of the stuff that he endured for us, and we get a, just a little bit of light affliction on this world, and we're like, Ugh. oh, man, you, well, you'll get some of that Ugh, whenever you start looking into what he actually went That's through right. for us. Willingly gave it. But not only that, it says, and, and my cheeks to them that plucked off my hair. Now, I'm not going to try and get too gruesome, but I mean, you take a guy like Brad back there, Shane up here, and you just grab a hold of that beard and wah! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> uh-uh. Right. No, he willingly. Yes, he did. He willingly. Yes, and it says here, uh, continuing on, uh, I hid not my face from shame. You just think about that time where he's walking with that cross and, you know, crawling his way up to that hill. That shame of those people yelling those things. They're yelling at him and spit. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I think that's the most disrespectful thing that can ever happen is somebody spitting in your face. I've had somebody, you know, a couple of people try and do that. It's not pretty. <laughs> it's so disrespectful. And he took it. Uh, I got to get through this before I continue on. My mind is really just get, trying to get ahead of myself. Go back, go over to chapter 52. 52. In verse 13, Behold, my servant, speaking of Jesus Christ, shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high. And watch what it says here. As many were astonied at thee, his visage, meaning his form, his face, was so marred more than any man and his form, his body, more than the sons of men. Before they even nailed him on the cross, that's what he looked like. Completely deformed, if you want to say that. They deformed his body by beating him 
and doing everything they did to him. I mean, when they talk about beating somebody to a bloody pulp, take that and go times 100, and that's what they that's did. Right. With, and right. he still crawled up that yes, hill to allow yes. them to put him yes, on a cross. Yeah. Oh, wow. And it says here in chapter 53, in verse 4, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. And look in verse 10, Yet it pleased the Lord. Oh, wow. It pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. (laughs) It pleased the Lord. Man, all those things that Jesus Christ did for us. And you know, he, 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 you got, you, you really got to grab a hold of this. He took my sins, my lies, all those lies that I've made in my life, even while being saved. In my rebellion, in my wickedness, Amen. he took that and he put it on himself. Yes, yes, As it says in Second Corinthians chapter five, uh, for he who knew no sin became sin, became yes, he, he became sin yes, for us because he did not have sin. That's right. He became it. That means he he became your sin. He took That's your right. sin yes, on him, Amen. and he willingly took that stuff for me what in the world did I do to deserve that wow that is a God that loves his creation wow you just you meditate on what he did for you and see that's why it's dangerous grounds it brings you to a place of wow what have I done for you? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's good, <laughs> Nothing. Wow. You are so good, God. Yes. Yes, he is. And you know, it's not like he... I mean, it does say that for the joy of the cross, he endured, right? But look with me in Matthew 26. That's right. Look with me here in Matthew 26 as he goes into the garden. He's going into the garden to pray, and this is right before Judas shows up with those men. And it says here in verse 38, Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful. And he was not looking forward to this, guys. On the very next verse, he says, He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. I don't want to do, I don't want to take this sin. I'm righteous. I'm holy. I'm going to be black and full of sin and wickedness. But he thought of you. And he thought of you. He thought of you. And he thought of me. And he, he knows, that he knew our state. And if you think about this, it says before the creation, uh, in a lot of places, he knew before he even created all of this, including us, what he was going to have to do. <laughs> think about that thought. He knew 
before he created you and all of your foolishness and wickedness and sin and the down, just the downtread of man and what they were going to do to him, he still created us. Amen. What? Wow, I don't know about you, but I, I mean, whenever some of my kids, my creations, <laughs> they doing some, some foolishness, sometimes I'm kind of like, yeah, let's see how this plays out. <laughs> I remember one time my kid, we had these two-by-sixes set up, you know, to put a four-wheeler up on a trailer, and he was jumping back and forth between the boards, and it was a little bit wet and slippery, and I said, hey, stop jumping between those boards, you're going you're gonna to fall off and hit yourself. I think I even said, I think you're going to hit your head. No, I'm not. One more jump. That's all it took. Very next jump. Foot slips out. Bam! <laughs> Hits himself right on that, that foot two, two by six, right on the forehead. And I mean, in two, two and a half seconds, that thing was that wide out. <laughs> and he looked at me. It was like, Wah! and I was like, <laughs> I told you. <laughs> and God is not that way. <laughs> We have a good God. He's, it's a good thing I'm not God. <laughs> I'm glad you're not God, too. <laughs> Amen. But before he even allowed the creation to get started, he knew what he yes, was going to do for us. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Praise God. And you know, you know what he did? He prepared himself. Amen. He prepared himself mentally. Yes, he did. It's coming. Amen. There's a day. It's coming where I'm going to have to do this for them with joy. And you know what? You ought to want to live for Jesus Christ. You got, I mean, you ought to come to the place where you want to give your life to him. And I mean, it's kind of one of those... <laughs> <laughs> he's going to ask too much. I mean, it's going to be too hard. Yeah. I, he's going to tell me to give up my job. Or, no. <laughs> you know, it, it's a little, but you ought to want. Amen. You, you yeah. ought to have a desire Amen. to right. live for him. Glory to God. Where you're not forced into it. Where you, you come to church and you want to serve in Amen. some way. You really ought to Amen. for him. Amen. Yes. And you ought to be prepared. Yes, sir. Why? Because there's there's some things coming. Look here in First Peter chapter four again where we were. And this is where Christians in today's day and age, and hey, I was one of them. I won't lie. I was, I was one of those silly Christians where something happened. It's like, oh, God, what is going on? <laughs> Why am I suffering? <laughs> you know, something bad happens, and what do we do in our flesh? First <laughs> Peter chapter 4, verse 1, For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. Because it's coming. And there's going to be some times of suffering. You know what? Sometimes it's going to come through your spouse. Sometimes it's going to come through your kids. 
Sometimes it'll be through your job. Sometimes it'll be financial. Sometimes it'll be through your friends. Sometimes it'll be in the church. Suffering comes. But that's not the time that we just break down and faint and fall out of the race. We're prepared for this. Man, I know this is coming. I tell you, I, I'll tell you, I, I'm just thinking of this now. I wish, I'm glad I didn't put it in my notes. I wouldn't have wanted to say it. <laughs> when when they, all this stuff hit with my wife and she was laying in that bed and, and all that was going on and I thought she was going to die, I had, I had some moments of, oh, God, what are you doing? But knowing his word and having prepared ourselves, knowing we have given our lives. Amen. It always came to, you know what you're doing. That's right. Yes, he does. You know what, there's something you want to accomplish. Otherwise, you wouldn't be doing this. You do all things well. You do all things good. All things work together for good. See, we we have little moments, and that's okay. You see him in Abraham and Moses and Isaac and Jacob and David. You, You see him in all the greatest men of the Bible. That we have these moments, but those moments shouldn't control you. Amen. Amen. We, we ought to be prepared for this Glory stuff when God. it comes. Yes, Not fainting. Right. And we were left with an example in uh, 1 Peter chapter 2. Yes. Look with me in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 20. For what glory is it if when we be buffeted for, right. or when you be buffeted for your faults, you shall take it patiently. Oh, man. <laughs> Well, that one's easy. Well, that was my fault. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Okay. I'll suffer the consequences. (laughs) But look what it says here. But if, when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. Why? For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. Who did no sin? We have an example. That's right. And it's acceptable. And you know what else it is? Back during Hebrews 11 where we were, when you live, you fight the good fight of faith. You're living this faith. You know what faith does? It pleases God. Yes, it does. What does it say over there in Hebrews 11.6? But without faith, it is impossible. It is impossible to please God. That's right. And see, we're prepared for this stuff, and we trust him. He who trusteth in the Lord, happy is he, it says there in Proverbs. Happy is he. Because I know he loves me. I know he's got something that he wants to accomplish here. I know if I do this right, patiently, with the right attitude, the right heart, God will get glory. Praise the Lord. God can get something out of me. That's all I want. (laughs) But you have to prepare your mind. Uh, I'll give you a good example to just break it down in the simplest terms. Because I I think about this often. When I uh, graduated high school, went into the Army, United States Infantry. I signed up under an Airborne Ranger contract. My my friend and I went in together, and we were a bunch of idiots. (laughs) And they, they asked, what do you like to do? And we told them, and they said, well, I got a video for you to watch. And he showed us an Army Ranger video, and we watched that five, ten-minute video, and we looked at each other, and we looked at him, and we said, that's what we want to do. <laughs> and we signed up that contract. It looked exciting and fun. So anyways, we, 
uh, you know, getting the basic training, which was the hardest thing I'd ever done in my life up to that point, right? But then I graduate basic training. It's like, whew, I'm a GI Joe. <laughs> Check those babies out. <laughs> Man, nobody could beat me up. <laughs> and that's the attitude that they put in you. And, and they do it on purpose, okay? And then uh, I went through airborne school, and I jumped out of the plane, you know, a bunch of times, even at night, and then that just inflated the head even more. And then I get shipped into the real army. Woo! <laughs> I'm in the real army infantry now. I'm at a unit up in Fort Drum, New York, and I'm there for less than two weeks, and they say, hey, pack your gear. We're going to, well, I think it's called Aberdeen up here in Virginia, right? Is that what it's called? It's been like 20-some years. I don't remember. But anyways, they shipped us down to uh, Virginia here to do two weeks of training. And uh, the time of year we hit was December, and a, a storm came through, and it was down in the 15s and 20s and 30s as a high, and it was snowing. And, uh, you know, in basic training, we put these rucksacks on that had like 20 pounds, 30 pounds, and I mean, that's a small kid. That's nothing. <laughs> and they'd have us go for 25 miles. Okay, that was the hardest thing I'd ever done up to that point. Well, no, hey, we're in the real army now. <laughs> and uh, we, we started one night, we started uh, a movement at about 9.30 at night, and we didn't stop until about 6.30 in the morning. We went all night long. And this rucksack I had had live gear in it, so it was about 60 pounds, and then I had the machine gun slung over my shoulder, and we were walking through the woods, we were walking down roads, I had no idea, it was dark, all I saw was literally, it was black with all these white flurries flying this way, just flying across. <laughs> and with that wind chill and that snow all night long just blowing on us, it had to be in the teens, I don't know. I was shivering as I was sweating. It was the weirdest thing in my life at that point in time. <laughs> and my shoulder what felt like it was just going to fall off because I was frozen from the weight. And we were walking and walking and 1 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning. And we hadn't stopped. We hadn't eaten. Uh, you know, just drink a little bit as we're moving. And I'm like, I'm telling you guys, when we finally stopped that night, and they let us lay down on this concrete pad, and it was about 28 degrees and I just got stuffed myself in my sleeping bag, and I laid there on that concrete. I just thought, I am not going to make this. <laughs> wow, the real army is not what I expected. How can anybody do this? I'm not going to make this. I'm going to fall out. I'm going to fail. And I, I, I just laid there thinking I was lost. I didn't know God at that point in time. But I was just like, how am I going to make this? And I, I came to a conclusion, and it had to be God and God only because I didn't talk to anybody about this. But God, me, I told myself, you know what? you got to trick your mind. You need, to, you need to get your mind ready. You can do this. But you got to be mentally prepared for it and tell your body to shut up. You know, you know what you ought to do? You ought to say, I love it. <laughs> I love, oh, man, I love it when my body's in pain. Those muscles are growing. <laughs> and I came to a point, I woke up, at, you know, I don't know, three hours later, and I sprung up, man. I was like, you know what? You're right, man. I want to do this. I love this. And when we went out again, and we're running we're I, I literally running through the woods and doing all these things, and we hadn't eaten for I don't know how many hours. I mean, this was prepping us <laughs> for the real deal. And I, but I prepped my mind. Right. 
And as I just, I just, I wanted to just fall out. I just wanted to lay there on the ground. I wanted to ding, ding the bell that you see with the Navy. <laughs> I am done, man. I, here's my white flag. It's a pink flag these days. I'm offended. <laughs> but you know what? No, I said, I love this. I want to do this. Do you want to do it? Do you, want, do you want to do something for God? Because then there did come a time, 2011, or 2001, 9-11 they call it, hit. And I went overseas. And then we didn't have 60-pound ruck. We had a 101-pound ruck. <laughs> and we are climbing from 8,000 feet all the way up to 11 and a half, 11,500 11, feet. And climbing all over those mountains and not even for three days and all this stuff that those soldiers go through, man. But you know what? By that point in time, I was prepped. Yes. Mentally. We're, we're doing this. Now, there's got to come a time point in life, Christian life. Let's, let's, let's switch back over. <laughs> let's switch back over to this Christian walk we got here. Yes. The fight of good fight. Uh, the good fight of faith. Yes. You're going to come across some hard times, guys. You really are. But it's okay. It's going to be okay. Because it's for good. God loves you. You can trust him with your life. You can trust him with your kids. You can trust him with your marriage. We don't want the hard times, but I'm telling you, especially the last six months, me, my wife, my kids, we've been talking a lot and just, you know, going through some things. And we have not seen God like we are seeing him now in these last six months. I mean, we saw God all the time doing miraculous, awesome things. But this has been a time of waiting and sitting back, and it has been so hard and watching her go through what goes on and all that. But you know what? We have seen and just felt the presence of God like never before. It's the real deal, man. It's so good. And it's not like that all the time. It, it, you just have these moments that come in, and God has a purpose. He has an accomplishment that he wants to do if you allow him. And so we, we got to come to this point where 1 Peter chapter 4, 1, we, we prepare, we arm ourselves likewise with the same mind that Jesus Christ prepared his mind with to do what he did for us. And then at the very end of the chapter, I love how this chapter ends. First Peter chapter 4, verse 19. Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him and well-doing as unto a faithful creator. Hey, when those hard times come, when that, when that time comes, because it's going to come if you do something, if you live godly and you're, you're trying to, you know, please the Lord. Amen. Yeah. This is all good. It's okay. It, it, it may look horrible. It may, it may not be what you want. I didn't want my wife to get sick. I didn't want to be here with you guys. <laughs> I wanted to be down there serving and seeing all the glorious things going on. It's okay, though. You can take a breath and say, God is good. I knew this was coming. 
I knew it was going to come, and it's okay. And you're going to cry. You're, you're going to have some moments where you, you just, you got to give it out to God. And it'll be a little rough, but you know what God, you know what he does? He just, he picks you up. And he shoves a little bit of strength in you. He gives you some grace that you've never had in your life, and he just, okay, keep on going. Just like whenever your little toddler falls on the ground, you pick him up and give him a little pop on the bum. Okay, keep on going. You got it. Man, God is so good, guys. But you got to prepare your mind. You got to arm yourselves likewise with the same mind Jesus Christ put it in himself. Are you prepared? Are you willing? Are you wanting? God wants to. Yes, sir. He wants to accomplish something with you guys, with you as an individual and with you as a church. But because we're not Calvinists and we believe the Bible, God has his will and we have ours. And you got to line your will up with what God wants if we're going to do anything for God. That's what I got for you guys. Miss Susan comes and plays the invitation. We stand to our feet, give everybody opportunity to come. If the Lord spoke to your heart, come and talk to him tonight. Maybe that's what you need to do is prepare your mind. If you do live godly, you will suffer persecution. Have to prepare ourselves. Times in your life. You may see somebody else going through something and say, and I've done this myself, so I don't know how they do it. That's the reason we need to prepare our mind because one day we might go through that very thing. showing us what we need to do to be prepared. And Lord, as he said, Lord, we just want to find out what you have for us, Lord, that we're going to have to be prepared when you show us, Lord, that we can go on. And Lord, that's what we need to do is be in your word. Lord, be prayerful. Be ready.
Again, thank you for tonight, Lord. Thanks for your all your many blessings. In Jesus' name we pray.